Alright guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today are our planned topics, and I say planned because I've noticed that as I've gone through and edited these, I've put out a list of topics at the beginning, and we haven't hit all of them. So someone out there is like, when are they going to talk about that shit back in fucking week four? The answer is never. It's gone. It's in the past. <laughs> we'll keep it moving. Um, so <laughs> the plan is to talk about The Last of Us Part Two, which came out this week. Um, Ever's going to talk about some of the shows he's been watching, talk about some of our favorite rap voices and talk about independence day because that'll be coming this this episode will be dropping like two days before july 4th when it comes out so we wanted to hit that but yeah. first i'm gonna hit you with this banger mm. Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. We're going to actively avoid spoilers. And yes. if I drop a spoiler, I'm going to edit that shit out. And you're just going to see this <laughs> weird cut. And, and it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how are you feeling? I, I, I like it a lot so far. I'm about uh, 12 or 13 hours in. So um, not, I'm about, I, I think from all the numbers that I've seen online, it, that's about a third of the way through. Right, um, right. But I like it a lot. Um, it um, So just for, for context... I had never played the first one. I had, um, I always wanted to, but I, you know, I always had a three, I had a 360, so I couldn't play it. And then I bought a PS4 when the quarantine started. And so it actually luckily came with a copy of it. And that was the first game I played on it. And I finished it and I really liked it. And I liked the ending. Um, I, I thought the ending <clears throat> is a nice little twist on the whole thing. It sort of makes you react to everything that came before it. Do I'm we... sorry. Do we do we care about spoiling the first one? I no, feel like... no. Okay. I think I feel like um, I feel like it's one of the well the the game. So the first game or no, sorry, this one opens with like a, a like a would you say not a recap per se, but just like a a quick little a like quick um little, like, uh, how you feel. Yeah, once, you know what I mean. How you it should pretty feel much going spoils into this. the ending of the first one. It's like right. A, it definitely doesn't tell you anything that happened, but it definitely spoils the the ending. Right, right, right. And so I I. I was telling um, telling my girlfriend, I was like, it's so interesting finishing this one and then be like, gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next one to come out and then have it be literally like a month later when I know people have been waiting for this one like for forever since the first one came out. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. What, what do you think about it? I like it a lot. Um, I'll, I can go into detail a little bit more um, after I hear what, what you think. So... If, if we're talking about the first one, I think the first one is done super well. It was... I, I don't have it in front of me. I feel like it won Game of the Year. It was definitely a nom nominated for Game of the Year um, oh, when yeah, it came a out. Bunch, yeah. um, got a bunch of nominations. Um, it's Naughty Dog Studios who makes the Uncharted games, made Crash Bandicoot back in the day. I don't even know if the... I don't know if anyone involved with Crash Bandicoot is still at that company, but the company's <laughs> name is fucking on it. Yeah. Um, uh, but those are the big names that they've got. And, um, I mean, it's a very, the first one was super duper solid. And, uh, the main reason I wanted to, to bring up 
you know, whether or not we wanted to touch on spoilers for the first one, is that the first one does such a good... Uh, the the good fuck the first one does a great job of giving you a reason to hate the main character and still like giving them like you know why they did it you know what i mean yeah mm -hmm. like like he lost his daughter at the very beginning of the game and then you know this girl basically becomes his daughter throughout the game yeah and, and then you know he basically dooms mankind <laughs> like he's like right right yeah he, he, he selfishly um takes away from the people who were going to kill her to make a cure yeah um, the idea was that they had to reverse engineer whatever was making her immune to the virus and in doing so she would end up dead in the process right. so the whole time they've been moving forward to bring her um to figure this out and the moment he finds out that she's not gonna live he's like nah fuck this uh, and he <laughs> It's funny because the game is so much a stealth, like, you know, you're, you're I mean, it's like any zombie movie, you know what I mean? They're like kind of trying to play it cool, not get noticed. Um, there's people mixed in, but when it comes to that end, dude, that shit turns into fucking diehard. That shit turns into a fucking action sequence. You're like guns blazing out the fucking mm -hmm. hospital. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like I said, it, the whole thing for me is that like, you should absolutely look at what he did is irredeemable, but like it gave you enough of the motivations that, like, you see why it happened, which is what you don't get with villains in modern stories. Right. Like, in modern stories, you get, a, 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 like, the Thanos thing, like, oh, we're low on resources, so I cut half the people, we get, you know, everyone has double the resources, we're all good. Like, you get this super generic plan that, like, at first glance seems fine, but then, like, the motivations are not there, and then the plans are kind of ass backwards, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not really fleshed out enough to make you side with the villain. Um, or not side with the villain, but, like, the villain seemed feasible, which is kind of, I mean, Joel's kind of a villain in the first one, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the I end mean, of it, he's doomed mankind. <laughs> he was like, fuck yeah. this here, I'm in it from B. Um. <laughs> right, right, and, and, um, no, I like that as well, and, and something that I, I noticed as I was well, just so that I can give some, some context in case people have never seen it or heard of it or played it. Um, the first one is just about, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic uh, game where the world's gone to shit because a virus killed a bunch of people and turned them in either into zombies or it killed them. And uh, there's a lot of survivors, but it's, you know, kind of like, you know, there's like a, a police state and then there's a rebellion, so that kind of stuff. But anyway, the, the main crux of the story is that he has to take this girl who is immune to the virus across the country um and so during the duration of the game you cross the u.s and then when you get to the um the hospital that was gonna just you know get the cure from from the girl he finds out that they're gonna kill her to get the cure and then he kills everybody in the hospital takes her away and then lies to her and tells her oh no um they have a bunch of other people that they can get the cure from and that is the last line of the game, is he lies to her, to this girl, and you realize, holy shit, this guy is a sociopath. Like, this is horrible. Um, and something that I found interesting as it was leading up to it was that throughout the game, they keep noting how many people you've killed. And even in the if you go to the settings, it shows you, like, stats, which that is available in a game like Grand Theft Auto, but not in a game like this. Not, right. I mean, not, it's not in Uncharted, it's not in this, it's not in Gears of War, it's not in anything that's like a first-person shooter or like even a third-person cover shooter. And so I thought that was weird. I was like, why are they giving me these stats? These never happen. And then throughout the game also, like you'll be hiding and you'll hear some dudes talk and be like, wow, this dude killed like 30 people, wow. Like, or he's running around killing a bunch of people. 
which never happens in games. They kind of don't note that you, the person killing, is killing a bunch of people. And so then at the end, you realize that he's a sociopath, and you realize that you're supposed to not be okay with have, have having killed that many people. And you sort of go, holy shit, I killed all these people. And you're supposed to feel, you're supposed to feel like shit because you realize, holy shit, I did it in, in like, to bring up this ultimate lie because you think Joe's the good guy, but then at the end you realize he's not. Yeah, so it's it's weird though because I'm a little conflicted because Joel Joel's definitely not the good guy, right? Right. But it, like I said, as far as like him versus like modern villains, is that like even though what he did is wrong, like you still kind of feel for him. You know what I mean? Right. Like you you understand why he did what he did, and it was super fucked up. But like, you know, it, it it's almost like one of those things like you're asking him to make a large sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, that he's already made once in the past, basically. And it's just, like, you know, some people can't do it. And it's, like, really fucked up. And it, you know what I mean? Like, you definitely are, like, god damn. Like, the whole time the ending's happening, you're, like, Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. This is fucking rough. And you're, like, I get it, but this should not be happening. Mm. Um, so, I just I just like talking about that. The first game is top-notch. Super, super dope. Yeah. Um, if you haven't played it, I mean, the... the um... I think they they remastered it or they redid it because it came out originally on the PS3 and then they re I guess they just bumped it up to the PS4. Yeah. Um, and it looks great. I mean, I know this one looks even better. Or the second one, part two, looks even better. But I like how the first one looked just fine. Yeah. So that's one of those things. It's like the first one looked amazing at the time, and then I saw someone post a clip of the first one and i was like god this looks like dog shit like <laughs> i remember i was like i had my ps4 and i bought grand theft auto san andreas for it mm-hmm. and i was like i haven't played this shit forever and like it's crazy how much your mind fills in the gaps on like it looks, how, terrible. It looks so, so bad <laughs> it looks so boxy and i remember i did that even for um when i got my 360 like 10 years 13 years ago 10 13 years ago um i got it and i bought I had uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, right, mm-hmm. for it. And then I bought, I think I had, I had, or no, 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 I had bought Grand Theft Auto San Andreas like six months before 4 came out because I wanted to play it before 4. Dude, the jump even from the Xbox and PS2 to the next generation is insane. And so, like, I couldn't even imagine playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas now. Yeah. It's rough. It's, it's, it's rough, bro. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I like, um, back to last of us part two i like it a lot i think it's uh smoother it looks great i mean like some of the shit like you do you just like want to stand there and just look at everything and and um just like uh, i'm trying to think of how not to spoil it the stories i mean so far i mean also because i don't know because i haven't finished it I'm, I'm like i said i'm about a third of the way through um but uh yeah i mean like the the um the cutscenes with like the cgi people look amazing like sometimes you see them and you're like holy shit like these aren't like real people like this isn't like mocap where it's like they just take the person's face and they put it on this is like a whole new person and they create it from scratch and it looks so good um it it, you know it is bleak but the first one was bleak too but no i i like it a lot so far yeah so far on the second one i think it's so i'm at this weird point where i'm like i i like it a lot i mean it's the only thing i've played since it came out um, I've been putting in some fucking time, uh, no life in it on that one. But like, a part of me is like, this isn't as good as the first one, but my going back. So like you said, it came out on PS3. 
and then they remastered for the PS4. It came out, and so like, I I played it on the PS3. Shout out to to Colin Cease, the guy who did the artwork. He let me borrow his PS3 because all I had at the time was a 360. Borrowed his PS3 and played through The Last of Us in like a week, um, and then uh, played it on the PS3. Then when I got the PS4, I got it again, and I loved the multiplayer in the first one. But I went to go do the story again, and as I was playing it, I couldn't make it out of the beginning because I knew everything that happened. Like, I knew how engaging it was at the end, and everything at the beginning, once you know the rest of the story, feels like it doesn't fucking matter at all. Like, anything you do with Tess feels like it's just like, I don't give a shit. Like, she doesn't matter. She's just dead. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, I, I wonder how much of this is like, I don't think it's as good because it ramps up slowly just like the first one did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. For what for what it's worth, like, God damn it, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, yeah. I feel like I could be vague enough, but I don't want to. I mean, like, uh, you're going, you're you're looking for a, a a person, place, or thing, and like I'm X amount of hours in, and we haven't even come across that thing yet, and that thing is not the the main objective of it all. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, that's something I. So I'm like, I, it feels slow to me, but like in my head, I'm like, it's got to ramp up because I, what I'm doing right now, ultimately, is just trying to start the the sequence. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean because I felt the same way because I'm like, I'm ten hours in. And it doesn't, and it feels like in a normal game I would be about halfway through, but am I? Probably not, because I feel like I'm, I'm just now hitting some place where some things get a little bit murkier in terms of who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, who's the other bad guy kind of thing. Right. And so I'm hoping that it leads to more, I don't know, information, because sometimes I'm like, well, like, yeah. I'm doing one thing, but it feels very, it feels so pointy to point B for something like this. Yeah. That there's got to be more to it, and so that's what I'm hoping. But like I said, I'm only about 12 hours in. So, I, you know, everything I've seen, I've seen people say 26. Some people said 30. So, um, And if, if nothing else, like I said, like the first one, the first one at the time because it was such a new experience and like not anything that felt like it had been done that way before. Like it, I wonder if that's what engages you. But like when I went back, I was like this first part feels super fucking dull and slow. So maybe that's just kind of what I'm going through now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, it'll that's it'll definitely be interesting to see how I feel about it as I continue to move forward. Yeah, I, and I do want to mention one thing. Have you you've gotten to the section early on, early on where where it's like a sort of open world part? You know what yes, I'm talking about? Yes, a lot of a lot of grass, a lot of question marks on your map. Yeah, yeah. How did you feel about that? Because I didn't, I personally didn't really like it. I was like, okay, so you're dipping your toe in this sort of open world thing. So either give me full open world, or just give me the straight up like you know like like point a to point b like the other ones have been and i felt like that one was just like all right like am i leaving stuff behind like should i be doing open world like i I personally didn't like it but what do you think i think that's one of those things that like i liked it for the sake of playing the game like i I like that kind of thing in games but like i as someone who's plays a bunch of games like it, it could definitely like hurt the narrative a little bit that's always been like one of my problems with, like, Grand Theft Auto games is that, like, as good as a narrative is, I feel like it's always hindered by the fact that, like, I can just stop what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the story will, will seem urgent, and then it's, like, done, and then I can just go do something else. You know what right. I mean? It's, like, no, nah, right, like, this right. is supposed to be fucking, in, like, urgent and dense. And so, like, I think in my head I've separated those things, like, the narrative and the, the mechanics or the gameplay, 
into so like I was okay with that. I, I it was refreshing for me to like not just be going in a straight line to like actually just explore. And, and for what it's worth, the other point A to point B parts aren't quite that open, but there's still yeah. like a lot of extra shit to like walk into. Like, right, yeah, when you yeah, could yeah. just like, walk straight to the objective. Right, so like it's I, a I enjoyed all of it. Yeah, like it's a street, and then you're trying to get to the end of the other street, but there's like buildings on each side, and you can go up right. and down in them and and get shit and. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then and then uh, also though in that small open area, there's like a lot of like you get a lot of lore almost like like kind of um, quick world building like you know here's what this organization's been up to, here's how people feel about it, here's you know what I mean like the sketchiness you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so like it, it's you definitely get into a point where it's like i i like it because it's an easy way to build world building without making you do unnecessary shit and then also you know if you want to just explore more and, and have more encounters and just spend more time in the game that's an option nice interesting nice nice yeah but yeah so yeah i mean i'm excited to see where this goes um but uh yeah i mean I don't know. I, like like you said, there's not much else you can say without spoiling it, without getting into it. And I'm sure, I'm sure eventually we'll we'll have maybe a spoiler discussion, maybe at the end of an episode in a couple of weeks, just to give people time to finish it. Yeah. Um, but de- I mean, definitely, like if you've played the first one and you want to play the second one, trust me, it it's worth it. Like it's worth the money. Like I'm already like this was totally worth you know the sixty bucks or whatever, and I'm I'm only uh, like I said about a third of the way through. Yeah, for what it's worth, ever. When did you buy your PS4? You bought it pretty recently, right? Yeah, yeah. At the start of quarantine, like right around like mid-April. Or no, right. sorry, not mid-April. Mid-March, late so, March, early April. So if this tells you anything, the one game they're giving to people to be like, this is a great game to get people interested, is a game that came out on the PS3 seven years ago. That, you know oh, I mean? yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the, what came with your PS4 was a game that came out seven years ago for the PS3, and they're like, just play this. Like, this will be yeah. this will get you going. Well, the thing is, it actually, came with, it actually came with three. It came with that one, uh, God of War, and uh, Horizon New Dawn. I think that's one, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. and all three of those are great. Yeah, so I, I, I finished God of War, um, finished The Last of Us, and I was going to start Horizon, but then I, you know, this came out, and so I'm... I'm put that on the back burner until whenever you do star horizon uh, there's <laughs> you get to see the main character as a little girl and that shit is the most unca- uncanny valley shit it is the <laughs> creepiest shit uh, so I, I just love to hear like your thought right. like quick thought on that whenever you play oh that yeah game. i'll let you know when i start it i'll be like uh, yeah you, you won't have creepy. any there's no chance you'll forget about it the moment you'll see that you're like oh god that's what he was talking about uh, <laughs> looking like the baby from twilight be like what the hell is this <laughs> Looking like the baby in the fucking uh, Ned Flander Tyler Creator video. Have you seen oh, yeah. it? They just fucking put his face on a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fucking fake baby from American Sniper from a couple years ago. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, but before I, I mean, you know, I started this week, but before I did that, I actually finished the show Avatar The Last Airbender. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. I've really wanted to. Um, there's a, it's an ongoing debate with whether it qualifies as anime, um, mm-hmm. which is the dumbest debate. Um, but I haven't watched it. I've heard it's great, and I really want to. Um, just haven't started it yet. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's amazing. I mean, I loved it. Um, I after I finished it, I tweeted out, or I, I think uh, yeah, I tweeted out that you know it joins shows like The Wire um, and Breaking Bad, 
and personally for me the personally for me the leftovers as shows that are just like like just like the peak of what TV can offer like it it I loved it I mean it's got action especially in a way that I didn't anticipate it or I didn't expect because a lot of Nickelodeon shows and a lot of uh, sort of anime shows that I think are more tailored toward kids or that are made here in America the action is very repetitive or it doesn't you know, the, the budget doesn't allow for it but the action in this is great the characters are great the story's great it's really funny um and there's actual growth um and so it, it was nice to, to, to watch it because you sort of notice it, it pings the same sort of story arcs or story beats that something like Game of Thrones had, except this one totally sticks the landing. Right. Um, but uh, Shout out to Game of Thrones not sticking the landing. Oh, my God. Famously yeah, yeah. not sticking the landing. <laughs> Pretty much the worst example. And that's the thing is that I think about Game of Thrones and, you know, up until like season six, I was like, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. And, and I purposely, purposely left it out just now of my favorite list just because I, I can't in good uh in good faith good conscience re- suggest it to anybody anymore i used to be like watch game of thrones like it's a great deconstruction um and game of thrones is a deconstruction of what i feel like avatar the last airbender is but i think um i think avatar is such a good version of it that i think it's better than game of thrones and then like you know, like i said um game of thrones just shit the bed so hard that I can't say it's worth it anymore. I mean, I can't tell anybody. Like, you know, it's 50 hours of great TV, and then the last 10 are just shit, and I, I can't <laughs> tell people to watch it, which sucks. Shout out to Game of Thrones making Stephen King book endings look amazing. Oh, um. my God. <laughs> so terrible. So terrible. I mean, well, it's terrible. I personally, when it happened, I didn't have a big problem with it. I was like, well, you know, it, it's hard to stick landings. Like, it is what it is. But the further I get away from it... The more I hate it, and the more I, I like the idea of starting Game of Thrones over, it's just like I, I don't even want to think about it. Like I, like today I was thinking about it. I was like I should start Avatar over again. Like I liked it so much that I wouldn't mind starting it over. Maybe watching one a day here or there. But the idea of doing that with Game of Thrones is just it makes me go oh fuck. It, it, it's the <laughs> ultimate homework thing if I ever had to. So um, yeah, which sucks. But yeah, I, I can't recommend Avatar enough. Um, it's on Netflix. They actually added it about a month ago. Yeah, a little bit more than a month ago. Um, and that's how, um, my girlfriend and I watched it. Um, we took our time and we finished it, like I said, just recently. But, um, yeah, if you have time, if you're looking for a new show, um, especially a new show that, that, where the story matters and like there's, there's dramatic weight to it, but it's not, you know, bleak. It's not the, like the last of us. It's not just like, like, oh my gosh, like Ozark or, or, I mean, I haven't seen Ozark from what it looks like. It looks like the bluest show in the world, <laughs> both in tone and in fucking appearance. Um, yeah, I'd say check out Avatar. Watch it. Don't watch the the movie. <laughs> I, so here's the deal: any any anime that has been converted to live action has been just absolute dog shit. And I don't know what it is. Uh, some of these don't seem like it couldn't be done. You know what I mean? Like, some yeah. anime seem like, this is definitely only for this medium. But then there's others where I was like, that could have worked, and it just fucking didn't. You just fucking... Like, Avatar could have totally worked. Like, I don't... Like, Avatar could... I mean, it would have been very expensive. It would have been, like, you know, like, Star Wars level expensive. Or it was. I mean, the first one was. Um, but it, you could make it work. And same thing with, um, like, Dragon Ball Z. Like, it would be so expensive. But there is the scene in... in um, Man of Steel, where they're fighting in that small town, Smallville, where they're fighting in Smallville, mm-hmm. and it's like superpower. Like he punches one guy and he goes flying, and, it, and I, there's like weight to it. 
And that's how Dragon Ball Z should look, and that's how it could look if they ever did a live-action one. But it would just be so expensive to do something like that. Right. Did you know they made a live-action Dragon Ball movie? I did, I did. Okay, I, I never seen don't, it, don't, it don't fucking look at terrible. it. I haven't watched it either, but you can just tell. I'm with 100% confidence of never seeing that movie telling you it's the worst shit ever made. Dragon uh, Ball Evolution? Ugh. <laughs> just so, like, and then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was like, no, I, I agree that it sort of goes back to what we were talking about, whether it fits the platform or not. I think it's so interesting that I don't know if it's true. I would have to look into it. But I, I, I heard about rumblings about them doing Netflix doing a live action version of it, like the show. But in that oh. case, it's like, why? Like what in live action? What does live action give us that the show doesn't already do and do better? Like, I right. don't understand why people have to look down on animation and saying, uh, that's why, like, um, The Lion King, the remake that just came out last year, yeah. I just go, like, I mean, yes, it made a shit ton of money, but why? Because A, it wasn't even live action. It was all animated. Right. What is that it about? That was so nuts to me. I was like, why are, why are people, like, why is anyone acting like this is, it was marketed as live action. But it, like, yeah, but it was just CGI. What, what one of the best. Right, and one of the best burns that I think I saw was, uh, I think the Golden Globes, I think it was the Golden Globes, or the no, it was the Golden Globes, they nominated that The Lion King from last year as best animated, or they nominated it for best animated film, and Disney didn't even submit it. So they purposely oh. went out of their way to nominate it for best animated film, just to be like, oh, you think, this isn't real, bitch, this is animated, like nothing in this is real. I think one shot is real, I think it's the very first uh, sunrise shot, but that's it, the rest is animated. And so that brings it to it's like what in that adds to anything that wasn't already in the original. All the charm is gone. What's funny is that I told people the moment I was like, "Look, the animation is dope. The fact that they can get a CGI lion to look this real is super awesome." I, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. But I, I was telling people from the get, I was like, "This is going to be bad. Like, it, maybe not bad, but like, it's not going to be as good as what the animated one is because for all." The reason that live animals don't work well is because they're not as expressive as animated animals. So when fucking, you know, Mufasa's getting dropped down and Simba finds his dead body, like, you're not getting that same level of sadness. Yes. Like, we all know we're sad. We all know it is sad. And, and like, but it's not as expressive as a cartoon. And there's a right. reason for it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason right. that's what they went with. And, and, like, the only reason, like you said, the only reason it's sad is because we've seen it, right? Like, exactly. <clears throat> it's not sad on its own, but you go, your brain goes, oh, this is sad. Remember when it happened in the animated one? And you get sad because you remember about the animated one. Not because that, the live action, quote, quote, live action one is actually hitting those emotional points. Um, and do you remember, did you saw did you saw the live action one, right? Do you remember? No, oh, you didn't see it? So, the funny thing it does is that <clears throat> it does that same shot from the animated one where it like it's looking up at kid Simba and it like pans out really fast you know he goes no and it like pans out super fast yeah it does that in the live action one and it looks so dumb because it's just this cat <laughs> on the ledge and the camera zooms out dramatically no but it's just like the it's like the stone face <laughs> like that fucking uh, Stephen A. Smith picture where he's like sitting like oh, yeah, I know <laughs> yeah it's like that one just like except it's like a cat going oh <laughs> Yeah, dude, it just doesn't work. Also, Beyonce is not a good voice actor. Come for me, Beehawk. I don't dude, care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we make fun of her all the time. Uh, my friend uh, Andy and I make fun of her all the time because of her, her acting is terrible. But, I mean, she's a great singer. Like She's 
like an all time one of the best singers, one of my favorite singers. Yeah. But her act voice acting is so terrible. <laughs> it's like, are you with me, Lions? Simba, you've got to come home. And it's like, oh my god. It's like the um have you seen those memes where it's like SpongeBob trying to pick up, you know, he's SpongeBob has those giant pink arms. Yeah. But and it's like that's her singing, but then SpongeBob with little skinny arms is her voice acting. Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think nothing that is in the show could ever be improved upon. I I, really, I literally don't see any kind of version, whether it's a movie, whether it's a live action show, maybe a novel. But I mean, you know, that that's a completely different format. That's a completely different level. Right. There's nothing that I can see where this could be adapted, because this already exists in its perfect version. Right. You know what? So there is an there is an animated show that I believe is going to get a live action one, and I'm already disappointed because the anime is great and it, the live action one's going to be bad. Um, but I believe they're making Attack on Titan. Uh, they're making a live action version of Attack on Titan. Now I'm mm -hmm. assuming you haven't watched Attack on Titan. Have no, no, but it? I know. Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. So I think that is one that could possibly get better. Maybe not better, but I feel like you could get a different kind of thing from it in a live action or like a, I'm going to say live action, but obviously a certain amount of it's going to have to be CGI. Right. Um, but like, I feel like you get, like you can get an extra level of like grotesqueness. Like the Titans eat people, you know what I mean? They're like big mutated people that eat other regular sized people. So like, I feel like there's a level of grotesqueness that you could get in a real looking version that you can't quite get in an animated version you know what i mean right so like, yeah i yeah. think and also for what it is like attack on titan is is ridiculous not ridiculous as um i'm gonna use ridiculous i don't care uh is like ridiculous as the concept and and everything is like it, it's kind of weighted and grounded you know what i mean so yeah. I, I feel like you could pull that off in a live action and give it more weight more groundedness, more grotesqueness, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and still get the right thing. But that's not going to happen because they always turn out bad. Yeah. Yep. Shout it out sucks. To animated, animated shows turned into movies, always bad. Games always bad. turned into movies, always bad. Um, yes. So. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, listen to our episode about formats and our like what fits what stories. And sometimes it's just not, the story's not what it should be in that format. It's just the way it goes. Um, but, uh, so I finished Avatar and then I started started a new series uh called rami on hulu have you heard of that one have you seen commercials for it because I, I before i watched it i saw so many commercials for it in a way that i i don't think i ever had before i have not i, I i've never even heard of it um this is the first i'm hearing of it yeah so it's it's a, a show by a stand-up comedian his name is uh rami yusuf and it's about just him and it, it, well, it's I don't know it's, if it's semi autobiographical or or not, but I feel like it's a lot like the show Master of None with Aziz Ansari from uh, that was on Netflix from a couple of years ago. But it's a lot like that show where it's um, you know him and uh, his sister living with their with their parents in New York, and it's just like him living his life as a, a Muslim man coming of age. I guess yeah, twenty five, twenty six. Um, and sort of figuring out, you know, what part of his life, or what what part religion plays in his life, and and sort of being stuck between two worlds, being like super Americanized, but his parents are <laughs> conservative and, and and very Muslim, and so I I personally love the show like for the show. I also like it a lot because I think it's amazing 
how much, um, like, uh, uh, immigrant parents are, like, across different cultures, no matter what. Like, his parents are Egyptian, and my parents are Mexican, um, but you see so many, so many similar things in terms of how, how the cultures talk to, um, uh, um, sons versus daughters, how they interact with people from their native countries, how they interact with people here. Um, so I would say if you want a new show, that's, it's, it's funny. Um, it, uh, the, you know, the characters are great. Um, I would say try check, uh, well, check Avatar first, of course, but then check, uh, Rami cause I really, really liked it. Um, and if you're somebody who's, you know, uh, whose parents or grandparents, um, or yeah, great parents, grandparents, even great grandparents came from uh, another country. Definitely check it out and see if you see some, some of the things that I, um, noted, uh, just like even little quirks or little differences or just the, the way they go from Arabic to English and back and forth that, um, you know, my parents do, or, or my, my sister and I do, um, I found it a lot, uh, it was very, um, very interesting seeing it on TV because I don't see it often. So it was simultaneously very, f uh, new because I'd never seen a Muslim main character on TV before. It's not often, but then also very familiar in just the way that uh, he interacted with his family. Gotcha, gotcha. And where did you say this was at? Or where were it's you on watching Hulu. it? On Hulu? Hulu. Yeah, right. two I'm... seasons, 10 episodes each. Um, the, the second season was the one that I was seeing, that I was saying I saw a bunch of commercials for. Um, but yeah, I just finished season one, starting season two soon. Um, and I think um, Mahershala Ali uh, has a recurring role in season oh, two. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I'm going to add that to my growing list of things that you talk about that I haven't watched. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, like I mentioned, Avatar first and then Rami. But I, I, I really, really like the show. Definitely. I'll have to check it out at some point. Um, so uh, speaking of, you know, you know how I said... Uh, I think it might have been last episode, maybe episode before last. I said, yeah. you know, we're going to have a recurring theme where you tell me, like, oh, have you watched this critically acclaimed movie? And I'm going to tell you no, because <laughs> I, despite knowing about movies, I don't watch nearly enough of them. So with that being said, one yeah. I have seen mm -hmm. is fucking Independence Day, baby. That shit is a banger. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's so good. I like. Uh, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode, or maybe it was our, in our discussions. Um, you know, while we weren't recording off air, quote off air. Um, <laughs> I watch it every independent, like every actual July Fourth, and I've done that. I think for the past ten years, maybe maybe longer. Um, because usually we have the day off. I usually don't go to the beach on the fourth just because it's so busy. Right. Um, I I I prefer to go when or not not just to the beach, but just do anything that isn't either staying at home, doing you know grilling, or just going to my my apartment pool. I don't like to do anything extra just because I know everybody else is. So something like going to Carowinds or going to the mountains or going to the beach usually that seems overwhelming and I don't do it. So I'm home. So I watch Independence Day. Um, and yeah, I just your boy it. your boy doesn't go to the beach either because. Uh, for those that haven't seen me in person, your boy's more white than a piece of notebook paper. Uh, <laughs> yo, real quick, yeah. for for an example, how white I am. I did a twenty three and me, and my paternal half blood group, which is like the uh, side of chromosomes you got from your father, when it says that it can trace my paternal half blood group to the first group of people to leave Africa and go to the Caucasus Mountains, it doesn't come more white. <laughs> <laughs> this is white as could be. 
You're literally the descendant of Dr. Caucus. <laughs> no, 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 not Dr. Caucus. What, is, what did they call him? Dr. Yaku. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dr. Yakub. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm white, but, uh, white, white can be. Um, so I don't go to the beach. But I'm going to have to start adopting your fucking independent state tradition because... Yeah, because it, it's like, it. you know, I, I love it because I personally... I'm going to go down the list of why I love it. I personally think it is the perfectest summer movie in that it's, you know, you got good guys, you got bad guys, but the good guys, it's like this ragtag team of uh, diverse people. Like, it's very diverse. I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah. we're watching it. Like, it's... Uh, there's uh, Jewish people, white people, uh, black people, uh, you know, rich people, poor people. It's like this very diverse pot of, of people saving the world uh, from an alien invasion. And I think, you know, and you have, uh, you know, Will Smith at his most charismatic, Jeff Goldblum at his most, most charismatic. Um, I just think, yeah, dude. And then the, the aliens are great. They're scary. The special effects are great. I just really, really think it's like the great, like, summer movie uh, or the most, the, the, the like I said, the perfectest summer movie you can watch. Um. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. One thing that you brought up just now, um, when you were, you were well, you didn't really bring it up, but you were saying that Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the name of the guy that plays the president? Uh, Jeff Pullman. I was getting mixed up with Jeff, uh, not, not Jeff. Bill, Bill Pullman, okay. Bill Pullman, and then uh, Bill Paxton. I always get them mixed up, but Bill Pullman, <laughs> gotcha. yeah. So he's he's pretty charismatic in it as well. And what I, I, this literally entered my head maybe thirty minutes before we went to record this episode, which is that like I think one of the main reasons this movie's as good as it is is because so first of all, it's much longer than if than a summer movie should be i think in my opinion like it's two and a half hours that's not to say it can't work i'm just saying that is a long like it's a long runtime for like a blockbuster in my opinion um but like i I think one of the things that that's important that those people are as charismatic in those roles as as they are is that there are like you said it's a mosh pit of just like you know every different type of person i mean you have vivica fox playing a stripper who like ends up saving the first lady well not saving but you know bringing the first lady uh out of where she was um and you got you know will smith playing his guy you got jeff goldblum and the thing is is they're all very specific stereotypes jeff goldblum is like and you get like one small scene for each person's stereotype like jeff goldblum is a jewish guy playing chess with his father who's like what are you doing still wearing your wedding band like like you like you get everything you get this background in like five minutes not even and so i think Mm -hmm. if these people weren't as charismatic in their roles it would feel super shallow i feel like it would feel like a dumb movie because it's just stereotypes you have the young gun president you have the the smart uh guy that like still lives with his parents and in this case also jewish you know what i mean like and then you get like um will smith is just like your charismatic army guy you know what i mean like he he plays the same guy bruce willis plays in die hard you know what i mean like it's the same persona and and so like it's it's all those things cia guy yeah (laughs) 
this is a prisoner. We can't do You know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. like, throw a nuke at it. They finally decide to throw a nuke at it, and it doesn't work, and he's like, throw more nukes at it. Like, the fuck are you right. talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Randy Quaid is, like, the drunk, and, you know, he gets his redemption and stuff. And, and I, 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 I yeah, couldn't agree more Quaid about what you're saying. Is charismatic in that role. I mean, he played that in National Lampoon's fucking vacation where he's the the brother. He's the drunk right. brother. Like trailer yeah. trash brother, and he plays that same character now, but he does it so well and has so much charisma while he's doing it that it works. Yeah, and you were saying, you know, everybody gets like a little intro scene, and I think it works. That that it, it's sort of a perfect marriage between them being the characters being very charismatic, but then also the writing I think is actually pretty solid. I mean, people will say you know it's cliche and it's sort of you know just take shortcuts, but it has to because you know it has so many characters and you can only do so much in like two hours and whatever. So, like you said, that scene, I actually really like that scene with uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, I forget his name, and his dad. Yeah, it's like I don't remember any of these people's names. Dude, we're just going to refer to them as Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Vivica Fox, Bill Pullman. Will Smith is, his name is... Will Smith, dude, that's his name. <laughs> right, and so, um, and yeah, you get these like minute and a half scenes, but you get them, it, it's like perfect. It's like you get who they are, what they are, you know, like like it's it's very very well done and i think that it's so interesting to me that the director um like the director is german okay so you get this movie that's like super like independence day like america but it's also it's interesting because it's not i don't know maybe it is and maybe i just haven't noticed but i don't feel like it's not super militaristic it it is militaristic because you know you see the army but it's not super like how can i say like jingoistic like it's not like a michael bay movie you know right i don't it it doesn't feel weird watching it because at the end yes america does find out a way to break to destroy the aliens but you 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 get that scene with all the uh morse code and you see them in different parts of the world and it's like it's gonna take the whole world to bring them down yeah it's like Like in russia russia's like holy shit the americans figured it out and they need us like we're we're there you know what i mean japan's like we're there we're coming through (laughs) right it's like the the british oh the americans are attacking (laughs) so i I like that oh aliens (laughs) But even though they're all like in fucking stereotypes as well, yeah. like the Russians reigning in a giant castle, and yes. um, so I, I like that because it, it basically goes like Independence Day, like America. Yes, it has their Independence Day, but now it's a worldwide holiday because we're gonna bring down these aliens. So I, I do like that it pushes these ideas, even if it is maybe I haven't like I said I have noticed that it is maybe militaristic or or but I, I feel like it doesn't, and I feel like I don't feel as weird watching it as I do something like. Like a Michael Bay movie, where it's like over the top, where like the, you know the, 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 the military comes in and kicks ass, and you know right, beat out of everybody here. Um, so that's why I, I like it a lot, and I, I think um, if you have some free time this Independence Day, you should watch it, um, just because it is a, and I'm sure it's on TNT or TBS or something. Yeah, I mean, I may or may not have illegally downloaded it and watched it on my on my PS3 because. I'm not paying four dollars to rent a movie that came out in 1996, <laughs> but you know you got to do what you got to do. Um, I did it for the content. I did it for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it. It's interesting. Had you when was the last time you'd seen it? Do you remember Maybe when you were a kid, or had you seen it Bas- at all? Basically, I, I think the last time I watched it all the way through was as a kid. Um, I think I definitely caught parts of it at some point, you know, in between, um, but it, it, it had been a while. Um, and it still holds up. Um, one, yeah. one thing I will say is that I was watching, um, before I actually watched the movie, I remember watching 
Um, I don't actually know that I finished it, but it was the movie Bob, uh, the guy you put me onto that shit on uh, Batman vs Superman for like three episodes. Um, <laughs> but he he, uh, he did one like a really that good on Independence Day, and he brought up one of the same things he brought up for Die Hard, which is that um, in Die Hard Bruce Willis was cast as the hero, and it works perfectly looking back. But at the time of casting, Bruce Willis was only known for being like a commercial ad man for like wine coolers and like mm-hmm. was in like a rom-com and it's like like there was no um there was no formula that would have told you that guy would have been like the perfect a- like american action hero because he yeah. says like at the time of that hard coming out your action heroes were arnold schwarzenegger dolph lundgren fucking sylvester like, stallone giant muscle man yeah and you get kind of like I'm going to say schlubby, and he's totally not, but he's, like, schlubby comparatively. You know what I mean? Like, he looks like an average... Just he, like a like a regular dude, yeah. Yeah, he looks like your average American, what they uh-huh. think in their mind's eye. You know what I mean? Like, like obviously, the average yeah. American doesn't look that good, but, like, your average American looks at that and be like, that could be an average dude. Um, yeah, just, like, regular, like, tanked up, uh, growing bald spot. Right, exactly. And so what he had mentioned in Independence Day is that at the time of this movie coming out, like, looking back, we've seen Will Ferrell be your guy for a million action movies. I mean Will Smith. I said Will Ferrell, bro. Kill me. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Will Smith. Boy, those could not be further from the same people. So you've seen... <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Will Smith. God. <laughs> bro, all right. So you've seen Will Smith be an action hero in a bunch of movies, whether the right. movies are good or not. But you've seen him be a charismatic action hero in a bunch of movies. But the time of Independence coming, Independence Day coming out, like his main roles were like the Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air, and he raps. He did like goofy uh, raps. Wasn't he like in? A, he was like in a movie about fly fishing. Maybe, but like, like either fledgling. way. Like, yeah, something like that. But either way, like, there was nothing that you were going to point at Will Smith and be like, this is your fucking action hero. But he pulls that shit off so flawlessly, and and he's so good in that role. I have never been happier to watch a grown man punch a puppet in the head is when he fucking punches that alien while he's in the fucking space. Yeah, welcome to Earth. Yeah, welcome to Earth. (laughs) Uh, bro, <laughs> that shit's so <clears throat> that shit's so rough looking. Like that's like dated. That's like one of the few things that's like, nah, that just looks bad. Because it's like yeah. he opens the thing and a bunch of smoke comes out, and then you just see like I think like the tendrils, you, and then just like you hear like <laughs> yeah, and then you just yeah. like decks it right. In the face. He decks it with his human hand on his exoskeleton and knocks it out. You're like, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> And they definitely make sure the next time you see the aliens in Area 51, they're like, they're just as frail as humans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, once you get past yeah. everything, it's like, okay. So I can I can, I can, can believe that Will Smith, not Will Ferrell, Will Smith just punches this fucking alien in the head. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, dude, he, he's great. He's like a, a, a nice, um, he's like a revelation in the role where you're like, holy shit, like, this guy's got it. And then you kind of you kind of go, oh, that makes sense. Like if somebody was just you know starting to watch Will Smith movies now, and you go, you went back to Independence Day, you'd be like, of course this guy is, you know, became the biggest fucking movie star ever. Um, I liked, uh, and then you know, the, and then the next year he does Men in Black, which I I don't know if we've talked about on here, and I do want to uh, give that movie like a nice chunk of time someday. 
Um, because I think, while I do love Independence Day, and I do think it has a lot of flaws, and I do think it is the perfectest summer movie for what a summer movie is, I think Men in Black is a perfect movie, period, regardless of summer or stature or just whatever qualifications you want to put on it. I think it is a perfect genre. I'm going into it now, but I'll stop. But I do want to say, eventually, I do want to talk about it. It is a perfect movie where everything is working at 100% and it sticks to landing in a way I think few other movies can. But we will come back to that eventually. But yes, yeah, Independence if that's, is great. If that's the case, though, then tell me why is it still um, in the red? Uh, have you heard the oh, yeah. stories about that? Where, like, the, uh, through accounting fucking magic, like, they, they still yeah. say that movie was a failure? Like, yeah, because they, they just don't want to pay writers right, and shit. Right, exactly, like, yeah. That's the whole reason they're doing hearing, it. Yeah, I remember hearing, like... Um, the fifth Harry Potter movie was like this. The fifth Harry Potter movie lost five hundred million dollars, and at that at some point you go, it's one of the biggest movies of all time. Okay, sure, but they just fucking like move numbers around so much that, you know, it makes it seem like it is. Yeah, dude, it, there's no way. You know what I mean? Like between Men in Black, which is great. Also, how are you gonna act like the fifth Harry Potter movie? Like, bro, we made four of these and then we made more. Like, how are you gonna act like this fifth one is the one that didn't make money? Yeah, this is the yeah, yeah. It's like if you would have lost them, if you would have lost that much money on the fifth one, you wouldn't have had six, seven, or you know, seven and seven point two. You know, it, it would have stopped at five. But right. So anyway, but yeah. So real quick though, two yeah. two takes before we move on. One, yeah. Bill Pullman's speech is one of the best movie speeches. I don't care. That shit gets me so yes. pumped. Yes. Yep. 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 And apparently, from everything I've read, was that they the reason they wrote that or the reason they tweaked it to include our independence day at the end was because they weren't going to be able to title the movie that unless they had that unless somebody either said it or mentioned it or something i think the studio didn't want to name it that they wanted to name it something else Uh and they're like no it has to be this and so they're like well why there's nothing in the movie other than that it takes place like nobody ever mentions it and so that's why they wrote that that uh yeah but that that line goes so hard that's that, it's so good. That's the most accidental fucking diamond to stumble upon. You know what I mean? Right. If you that wasn't then, in there, but like today is our Independence Day. It's like yo, we're gonna kill aliens. Like you're at your fucking you couch at home. That extra that gives him the the salute. Yeah. You know, the little scrawny guy who gives him that perfect salute, the greatest extra of all time. You know which one I'm talking yes, about? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's my first take. Yeah. My second take. This is a hot take. This movie's a better space movie than Star Wars. Fuck me, dude. <laughs> Star Wars is trash. This movie's a banger. Um, <laughs> they both have aliens. Uh, all right. So <laughs> those are my two hot takes. Do you have any last takes you want to give on it? For no, me? no. Just, uh, yeah, we'll put it on. Enjoy it. Um, I, I, I'm so glad movies like that exist where you can rewatch them. Because I think it's so light. And yes, there are millions, you know, I think, I, I literally said, it's so light. And then I remember, oh shit, no, three cities get destroyed oh, yo, and millions of people die. That was nuts. That was so weird. First of all, Vivica Fox lives by like just ducking behind the door. And the dog. Fuck out of here. That was another part where I was like, oof, that, that didn't look good. Like, <laughs> like the dog yeah. jumping in front of the fake fire. I was like, that didn't look great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, like the fire wouldn't have just taken a left. Like, like the fire was like, sorry, we only go in straight lines. Yeah, like, we're just going straight <laughs> and the, the bulb goes down. Yeah. But those are like one of those things that it's yeah, like, I, I forget them. Dis- suspension yeah. of disbelief. Um, yeah. 
or suspension of belief. Uh, all right, so I fucked up the the phrase. Um, and then, but yeah, I remember them blowing up, and I was like, God damn, like the movie is such a light economy, but like they literally just murdered like, like millions of people, <laughs> including that one guy doing paperwork on the weekend. No. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's rough. Also, it's like characters you've they like they. Because every main character gets such a short period of screen time to like tell you who they are, there's a couple yeah. characters where you think they might be important, and then they just get blasted. Like the dude with Jeff Goldblum at the fucking whatever station they're at, like the dude, he's, the horse voice. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like you think he's kind of <laughs> yeah. <dang it. laughs> What's his name? His name's David. <laughs> it's David. <laughs> That's how you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't say Jeff Goldblum. Um. Yeah. But dude, oh, dude, that scene where, where Jeff Goldblum cracks it and he figures out what's going on and he goes to the roof and the music like hits and the shadow like extends all the way back through Central Park. Like that, those scenes are so cool and it that's like the it's like almost literally almost like peak Spielberg like level of shit. Yeah, but sorry. So, but where I was going with that is that like you get that dude. He seems like he's gonna be important. Like Vivica Fox's stripper friend, the white girl, you're like, yeah. is she gonna be important? And she goes to the roof and is the first person dead. She's the closest to this beam of death. Like, mm-hmm. like just by logistics, she had to have died first. Like, yeah. So, like she was like the person on the counter. Yeah. So it's like they just murdered all those people. Also, I just thought of it, and I was we were gonna move on like five minutes ago, but now we're still talking about it. But yeah. but Bill Pullman moves on real quick from his wife dying. Like like, like he, oh, he hugs May Whit, he hugs May Whitman, and then he's like, "Mommy's dead," and then he goes back. <laughs> yo, yo, also, dude, the president in a fighter jet. Can you imagine? Any world where, like, everyone's not like, no, you're not getting on the jet. <laughs> yeah, literally, everybody else is dead. Like, all the Joint Chiefs and all the fucking, and the VPs, they're all dead. Like, they literally go, oh, my God, the like, vice president. I'm a fighter yeah. pilot. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> movie's great. I do like it. Yeah, yeah. The movie's, it, it's so good. And, and then at the end, you know, they all meet at the, at the sands, and they're like, you know, oh, didn't I promise you fireworks and stuff? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, dude, it's, it's so good. It shouldn't. I feel like it. It doesn't feel like it should be, but it's a banger. A hundred percent, nailed it. Yeah, and uh, one one last 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 thing. You know how you know how I was talking about the director being German, and and he's made a lot of movies that are like this, mm-hmm. like sort of a giant big ragtag team faces some sort of apocalypse. Um, he did the day after tomorrow. He did uh, uh twenty twelve. Okay. Um, so they're both about, you know, end of the world least, kind of deal. End of the world and it's sort of the same like a big group of people, but none of them I mean they I I like those two, okay, but none of them nail the formula like this one. Right. Worst line of all time in a movie I can think of is the day after tomorrow. Um that's the ice one, right? That's the global warming yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, Bro, yeah. Fucking was it Dennis Quaid? Yeah, mm-hmm, Dennis he Quaid says, did. He says the like how are you going to get... I can't remember where he's going. But he's like, I've walked further. Get the fuck out of here, bro. It's a oh, fucking... Yeah, he goes from to New York in, in like a giant torrential yeah, fucking snowstorm. He's like, I've walked further. Not in these conditions, bro. Get the fuck out of here. So, yeah. so just... Uh, we need to move on. So, I'm just leaving it with that. Um, we're, we're at 55 minutes right now. So, we're going to blow through this next topic quick because I am going to hit everything I said I was going to hit at the beginning of this fucking podcast. So, 
top five rap voices. All right. Yes. So my top five rap voices. Rap, as we said before, one of those things where like we praise lyricism, but like delivery can play such a big part in it. Like as we mentioned, yeah. those terrible rap lines. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> Givenchy. Yeah, I, mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I've always said I've always told people that I feel like rap voice makes up at a minimum thirty percent of a rapper having quote it. Yeah, fuck like, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Eminem and Big Sean uh, were our two worst rap voices. Uh, Eminem, I, he used to be good, but now he's not. Now he's got that raspy, like, I've been uh, but even his, even his older voice, I think he was good because he was, like, he was a good rapper, and he, like, kind of was just in it for shock value at a time where that wasn't really yeah. a thing. But, like, the voice itself is still not good. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, like it's good half the time. Like, I'll always love listening to uh, Renegade, the Jay-Z song. I think that one, he's great on that one. Yeah. I, like, I think that fits it well. But, uh, I, I mean, to, to sort of spoil my list, just to go ahead, I remember very vividly the first time I heard Drake, which was, I think, when he did Best I Ever Had. And as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, this dude is going to be big. And he's going to be good because his voice, I think his, his rap voice is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, you can't quite explain it because it's just like, it just sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked him better than some of the other guys in uh, Young Money, or, uh, whose names I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, they had the worst names. It's like fucking like Gutta Gutta and like fucking Tiger. Um... Tiger? <laughs> uh, who's... See, like, I don't even remember them. All the guys that were in Every Girl. Like, just random guys that all sound the same. Yeah. And Drake was the one that has... Grocery Drake bag. Grocery. Yeah, like, whoever did that. Whoever said the grocery bag line. Uh, Shout out to that. To... Um... I was going to say, tell me about that story. <laughs> so, just to do it super quick. We're all... It was English in senior year, oh, right? Senior yes. year, high school, English. For whatever reason, our teacher was like, we're going to go outside to read because people are fucking stupid. And... It was nice out. Yeah, it was nice out. Just I, I don't know. I, again, as being whiter than paper, didn't want to be outside. Um, <laughs> so we're outside and uh, just reading, and like you know, everyone's just kind of listening to music on their MP3 player or whatever. And and Matt's just listening. Wait, wait, wait. Just uh, um, for the sake of it, just bleep out his name, just because. Okay, I'll, I'll edit it out. out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, just. Maybe put just his first name, just in case. Yeah, I'll, 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 silence, I'll cut it out. Sorry. So Matt is is listening to this the song and <laughs> we're, we're playing all, it on our phones, I think. Yeah, right? we're, yeah. we're playing you. It's you, me, and him. Uh, yeah, and we're, and playing, we're playing it over speaker, uh, like over every girl in the world, right? Some. Um, and so you and I are just kind of rapping along, and we we both know the song, and then it gets to that line at the end. And of he's the first been things. silent this whole time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he, he, he's been silent. And then we were both rapping. And then he just goes, grocery bag. <laughs> and we both stop. Like, like, what the fuck? We're like, wait, you've been here? You've been listening? You don't know the rest of the song? You just know the grocery bag. <laughs> uh, grocery bag, dude. Grocery <laughs> bag. Uh, that's still one of my all-time favorite stories. Um, uh, it's so good. It kills me. But anyway, so, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, Drake had it. The other guys didn't, and that's why he's one of my five. But uh, what are your five, and then I'll give you mine. Okay, the rest. Of them. So my five are are pretty solid in my opinion. So I, I've got um, Rick Ross. Also, no particular order. 
Um, yeah. So Rick Ross just has that. It's just, I don't know, man. It's Rick Ross looking at my metric, but she can give us a bone. Um, like, he just, he's got that super fucking deep. Sounds like he's letting like all the air in his chest out every time he yeah. raps. Um, and it's interesting because that voice, the the deep, the deep, deep version of it is not new, but it's also not there like in Hustling. Like if you listen to Hustling, right. it's very, the voice sounds very different in that song. Yeah, definitely. So him, uh, I've got, uh, it's an older dude and he's not really a big deal now, but um, his name's Billy, I'm pretty, I think it's pronounced Billy Dance. And he's the second dude, uh, he's one of the two guys in the group called M.O.P., and there's a song called Annie Up. He's the second guy that comes on. And he's just got, like, this super aggressive, like, gravelly voice. But the, the way I explained it ever earlier was that, like, it sounds like he's been yelling for the last 10 hours and is about to lose his voice. But it's still somehow powerful. Like, it doesn't sound like it's gone yet. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's, like, on its way out, but still super strong and loud. And it, it it's just, like, a quintessential rap voice for me. Um, then I have Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes his voice has changed a few times throughout the years. Like now it's kind of like a little, like a deep, like aggressive kind of thing. But like back in the day, like when he was wearing fucking like Dr. Seuss hats and wearing like cloud colored dashikis and like just rapping about nonsense, like it used to just be all over the place. Um, but it was always good. So, um, that's three method man is like the, has a instantly recognizable voice and, He's the only rapper I can think of off the top of my head that has a lisp and it's still like no one like makes fun of him for it. You know what I mean? Like it's just like nah, Method Man, dude, you can't say anything about it. He's just yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my last one, which actually for me, none of these have been in order, but this dude is the number one most underrated at least. I because I don't think he's as mainstream as any of the other guys except for Billy Dance isn't really mainstream, but like all the other guys I feel like are more well known or at least more listened to. But like Tyler the Creator has such an amazing voice for rapping in general. Like, even when he's not doing the super deep gravelly thing, like, it's just, I don't know what it is, dude. It just catches me, like, and I'm always in it whenever I hear him come on a track. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I think uh, well, he he's one of my, I think he is our, oh, him and, so my top five, He he's in it. Um, I'm just going to go down, and then we, I can discuss it, or we can discuss it. So it's Tyler, the creator, and same with you, no particular order, um, Drake, uh, Rick Ross. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and put uh, Future in there, and Twenty One Savage. I like his voice a lot. Yeah, he's got that. <laughs> but sounds, like, but it just sounds so good, and it, it, I think him and Future sound uh, or sort of occupy the same area on the map. Um, so you talked about Ross. I already talked about Drake. Um, but and I, but I agree, I agree completely with Tyler. And it's so funny because. Um, my girlfriend and I, we went to his concert last October. Oh, shit. Was and it, he I, stopped. It had to have been super dope, right? Yeah, yeah. It was awesome, dude. It was in uh, at the Greensboro Coliseum, but it wasn't in the Coliseum. It was in, like, one of the little side auditoriums that they have. Okay. But it was still, it was still awesome. But he, he comes out and he talks about his he, he I think he said something to the effect of, you know, thank you for supporting me, even though, I'm, you know, I'm just a guy with a monster voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, oh, no, it sounds great. He does have a great rapping voice, but he also tries to sing on a lot of his songs. And it's like, yeah. it still kind of works for the song. Like, I feel like he has enough of, like, artistic direction that he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's trying to hit, so it works. But, like, it's definitely yeah. not, 
Like, if that dude went to a scene coach and, like, wasn't well done, they'd be like, dude, just don't even worry about it, dude. You'll just get yeah. somebody else. Like, yeah. But I like when, when when dudes who can't sing, like, try, like, him and Kanye. Because yeah. there's, like, this sort of, like... Earnest. Earnest, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. Hard on, like... It feels like hard on the sleeve when they're trying to... You know what I mean? Like, whatever emotion right. they're trying to convey in the song comes out extra when they can't really sing that great. Yeah. There's a great video on YouTube. I don't... I forget who did it. Um, I don't think it was Genius, or it might have been, where they talk about uh, Kanye using his voice as an instrument. Um, especially, you know, the thing that I always think about when somebody mentions him singing is the end of Runaway, that little right. four or five minute bit. But um, but yeah, if you have a chance, watch, listen to, well, or watch that video, because I think it's really interesting and, and, and touches on what we just said about it being real for guys who, you know, can't, obviously can't sing. There's like a, a certain something that happens when their voice cracks or when it's not pitch perfect. But, uh, but yeah, Tyler, though, yeah, those are my five Tyler, Drake, Rick Ross, future and 21 Savage. Yeah. Um, and I, and like I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, every time I heard one of those guys and you heard their voice, you kind of went, no, oh, I mean like this is like, these guys have it because of the voice. I mean, I, I personally really like Tyler, the creator because of his two latest albums, Igor and uh, Flower Boy. Yeah. Uh, before that, I wasn't, I mean, I liked some of his stuff. I wasn't a huge fan. And I specifically remember telling people, like, very vividly, like, when I was in, in high school, or maybe a little bit after that, where I was like, man, like, if Ty, like, Tyler's got such a great voice, if he could just make songs that I liked. Like, if he had, like, songs where, where I wasn't like, I'm going to kill, you know, these people and spit on them and stuff i was like eh, right. that's not really like not really my thing but once he switched it up once he you know came up with flower boy and igor he became one of my favorites just because you know he grew and and his voice came with it yeah and for what it's worth that's one thing he actually like openly talks about is that's uh, like he was that, like that's how he felt as a teenager you know what i mean like you're angsty you just fucking well not everyone but like you know that's a stage some teenagers go through is just like you're angsty you're fucking mad at the world you're just in a bet, you know what I mean? Like, you're just that yeah. dude. And, like, what's funny is he was like, you know, I've lost fans because I'm not rapping about that same shit anymore. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, he's like, I made money, I bought myself a house, my life's great, I'm, you know, working with my idols and people I love, like, all day, yeah, you know I'm what I mean? rapping about cars. Right. And... and he's like, it's, I'm not, like, it's not that I sold out, it's just I'm not fucking mad anymore, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. Like, I'm just, yeah. I don't want to fucking cut bruno mars's goddamn esophagus uh, right <laughs> so it's just like you know like i've always kind of respected that and for what it's worth i was super into his music when he first came out and i'm still super into it and like i also feel like to a certain level like i've grown along with it you know what i mean like like mm -hmm. like i definitely felt some of the same things he felt in his shit when it started and then like you know now I'm, i feel like my life's going pretty well and i still like he's putting out now you know what i mean like so it's just cool to see yeah. like growth in a person through their music you know what i mean you can you can audibly hear like his life change and him grow as a person just in his music right right unlike drake unlike drake where you think it's a whole different person every time yeah. like oh it's this dude from houston um <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Those I think those are. Um, you know what's awful? One of the people I I thought of, I was like, this dude actually has a great voice, but his music's so terrible, and I just can't respect that human being. Is Takashi Six Nine, dude? His rap is terrible, uh, but he's got a great voice. Like if he was a good rapper, I think his voice would be great. 
But instead, he took his what I think is a good voice and just turned it into "Look at with the sticky arm." <laughs> you stupid! <laughs> stupid! Thought I'm gonna let you get the chance. I heard you that was stupid. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, no, it was perfect. It just sounded just like it does in the fucking. I'm not fucking... even gonna let you get the chance. And then, then I love the ones that add the little echo at the end. Chance. <laughs> I love it when they do the zoom in too, when he smacks the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright so so those are our top 5 rap voices for now I mean we could have gone into it more but it, it we're running on time so we need to wrap it up but yeah, yeah top 5 rap voices I've got Tyler the Creator Buster Rhymes Method Man Rick Ross and Billy Dance yeah and then I got Tyler the Creator Drake Rick Ross Future and 21 Savage 21, 21 yeah I remember the memes that were coming out when everyone learned that man was British and I could not stop laughing <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah so um, that's our show. That's episode seven coming through with the heat. Um, if you, if you want to get in contact with us, you can catch us at diff animals pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can email us if you have any suggestions, recommendations, questions, whatever at different animals podcast at gmail.com for me individually. Uh, you can catch me at T money bags on Instagram and Twitter. And, and you can find me on at evercastro92 on Instagram. Perfect. Um, so that's the episode. Stay, stay informed. Stay entertained. Uh, we'll catch y'all. Catch y'all yep. next week. Yep. Take care. Yo, 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 yo. Actually, just for a oh, fucking yeah. hint, you know, just a little fucking mm, give you a little teaser for next episode. Yep. If you leave Mickey, you gonna end up with a goofy. I imagine that's what Chris told Karuchi. Girls be acting like his diamonds in their coochie. <laughs> Peace.